Welcome to the Holy Maneuver Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves in Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. In the short-form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from a galaxy far, far away. Hey, Mike, uh, what did Obi-Wan tell Luke when he was having a difficult time using chopsticks? Oh, man, what would you tell him? I don't know. What did he tell him? Use the forks, Luke. Wah, wah. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we, uh, we are back this week to talk about the Obi-Wan Kenobi series season finale it better be season uh, finale yeah we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a, in a minute or two but uh so this week our guest is going to be stanford clark he's going to join us a little bit later in the episode to discuss the episode itself but to start off this episode uh, mike and i are gonna kind of wrap up the star wars news from the the past week and the the first bit of news uh comes from Jean Favreau, uh, the whole, you know, the head, or well, co-head of The Mandalorian with uh, Dave Filoni. He's going to be receiving a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame uh, in 2023 in the television category. So this is pretty cool. And I remember like a few years when I found out like, like the whole kind of process to uh, like how you get a star on the Walk of Fame is essentially someone has to nominate you and then like they pay the fee. I always thought uh, for it had you to do to... with like you donating X amount of money to charity over time. So I always like, I didn't, didn't realize you had to be nominated and all that fun stuff, but it's cool. He's getting it. I always I thought he had one based by now, but I guess not. <laughs> yeah. More recently I've noticed a lot. It's almost used as like a, promotional tool a lot of the times for some things so specifically with this i've noticed too since it's going to be in 2023 i'm pretty sure it'll be timed to be like around the release of season three of the mandalorian i would bet uh, and i'm i'm gonna assume uh either like kathleen kennedy or someone within lucasfilm or disney was the person that mm-hmm. did the nomination and you know paid but i don't know what the like the i not, think it's 10 like, grand is for it but i know they're okay yeah, because I remember, like, back when, like, Chris Farley finally got a star, like, posthumously, it was because, like, right. Sandler and Chris Rock and Spade and Schneider and all them chipped in together and nominated and paid for it for him. Uh, so it's definitely, like, nowadays, <laughs> like I said, it's definitely more like a kind of secondary marketing tool. But it, 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 is, it is still pretty cool, though, that he's getting it. And interesting, too, that it'll be in the television category, just with how much he's done. Probably more on why he got, guess, like, who nominated him, I guess. Maybe picked the television yeah. category. Yeah, so that's another reason why I'm assuming it's having to do with, like, like a Mandalorian tie-in and whatnot. But that it, regardless, it's still pretty cool. and It'll be sometime in early 2023. Uh, probably around February or so when Mandalorian Season 3 premieres. Next up in news, uh, going from there, uh, Wesley yeah. Snipes wants to join Star Wars, would love to feature in The Mandalorian. I say no. What say you? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think uh, depending on depending on the character, 
could be interesting. Because uh, he also fits like that certain kind of like uh, like if he, if he had like the same kind of uh, like I guess like charisma and whatnot as he plays as like when he's Blade <laughs> or whatnot in those films, it could be interesting to see him play like like maybe a character uh, like along those lines. Like within like the like the Mando uh, like timeline of the Star Wars universe, uh, I'm not sure like exactly where, but he said it would be cool to be part of the Star Wars universe, uh, and he he said that he's been a fan since the 70s and remembered going to the theater and watching it, and he said doing the Mandalorian would be fun too, uh, and he said that he and Ming Na uh, would he, he did a uh, a film with her. Uh, that was very different from other stuff that they've done initially, but uh, he said that basically off of that, he would want to work with her again if she was going to be within that. So I guess it would have to be like another crossover yeah. uh, with uh, Book of Boba Fett and whatnot. So it would be like Fennec Shand, mm-hmm. Boba Fett, Din Djarin, and whoever Wesley Snipes was playing. I mean, the part of what makes Star Wars Star Wars is the lack of huge stars being in it we're seeing more now more commonplace to have bigger names pop up but putting him in it i think would be a detriment i think it'd be more oh look it's wesley snipes in the mandalorian not the mandalorian and right oh maybe a one-off episode where he does something maybe he doesn't pay his taxes in that episode and mando has to hunt him (laughs) down i don't know but yeah, some of yeah. the Trade Federation because they had they had all that stuff going on with taxes and in the Phantom Menace. So maybe he's maybe he's a Nemoidian, or or he could just have a helmet on too. He could be like a helmeted character, <laughs> and then much like Din or or like Zori yeah. Bliss, uh, and that way you only or like how you know like how like Jason Sudeikis or a few other people have appeared. In, in Star Wars recently, just as, like, troopers yeah. or helmeted characters basically doing fine. the voice. Or what, Bill Hader was BB-8, because that makes sense. Like, he made those... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Bill Hader and uh, Ben Schwartz. So, a mixture of those two were BB-8. The the B, the first B was Bill Hader. <laughs> the second the second B and was Ben Schwartz. To make <laughs> and, and that is the origin of BB-8. Take name. it to the bank. Yeah, that's a that's a hold the maneuver exclusive. Uh, I just, I, I uh, yeah, well, well, like yeah, Daniel Craig was a stormtrooper, I believe too. So yeah, that's fine. Make him in a role you don't really know it's him. I don't want him taking over anything. Too big of a name, yeah. and not that good of a name in my opinion. <laughs> but yeah, the other thing that came out this week too was the a like a new trailer for the next lego uh holiday special i guess because they've done they did a christmas holiday special then they did a halloween special over the past year or so and then this one is going to be a a summer vacation special and one of the one thing that stands out above everything else from this trailer that i thought was great was at first uh like we i saw the lego minifig character in the trailer and i was like wait is that weird al and then i and then i weird uh, yeah weird then i realized the music playing was weird al too and it was a beach party on scarif 
is the name of it. So I'm looking forward to downloading that. But I just want I'm looking forward to this because also, I've been clamoring for more comedy in Star Wars. I think there's just so much you can so much material in the Star Wars universe that just needs to be made fun of. Yeah. And like we there's there was that Seth Green uh Detours Star Wars show that uh that kind of got shelved uh, just for random different reasons and because of like the Disney acquisition of of Lucasfilm. Uh but that was one of the reasons maybe hopefully that eventually gets put out uh but I I liked this Christmas special they did a couple like a year or so back. Uh, and they all kind of take place, and I know, know they're not like technically canon uh, because of mm-hmm. what happens in them and whatnot. Uh, but like story-wise, if they were going to be canon to something, they kind of take place after Rise of Skywalker, at least for the portions of it that are those characters. From this trailer, though, it looks like it's kind of like segmented to like three different things, where it's like after that with like Finn. And Ray and Poe and everybody like after yeah, Vader Rise of Skywalker. There, and it looks like Ghost Obi Wan's there. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's like it looks like there's a young Ben mm-hmm. Solo with uh, Leia and yep. parts of it. Be careful, and then, watch your and hands. And then yeah, like you said, there's a tendency to lose them. Yeah. Yeah, p- people in our family have a tendency to lose hands. Uh, and then yeah, like you said, there's the the Ghost Obi Wan, but then there's also it Real looks Obi-Wan. like. Like maybe like yeah like flashback to like Obi Wan when he's younger, uh, so that's that'll be interesting to see all that. But I, I like like this Lego comedy that they usually do between these shorts. It's similar to like yeah like the Lego video games and uh, like how they've done in like the Lego movies between like Lego Ninjago, Lego Movie, and Lego. They're Batman. so funny it's and they're so good like and they shouldn't kind of be and they just are. Just <laughs> yeah. But, uh, what did you think about? I enjoyed it. I, uh, I like I said, it's the comedy I need in Star Wars to get a break from all the serious, horrendous stuff that does happen. Like just to have them poke fun at each other, even if it's in Lego form, is a relief, and it'll make me chuckle and chortle and laugh and all the verbs and adjectives. And I don't have a thesaurus in front of me, so can't keep going. But it's just, it looked good. Um. Um, my my fear is Disney might make it too kiddie and not adult humor. Uh, I did laugh when Palpatine was complaining to Vader that you need to make sure you put sunscreen on my shoulders because last time I burned. That was. Oh yeah. Yeah, well, because he is pretty chalky white, so. I I think yeah from like the other specials it. There's a good kind of right. like line of uh, smart, smart, uh, subtle, uh, like adult humor in there, like much to the same way that like 90s mm. Disney movies had that we didn't notice the jokes until we were adults. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I. I, I, I see uh, the Mighty Ducks film uh, when they say, now what are the <laughs> blue balls? And all the kids laugh. And I never knew why that was a joke until I was older. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, it looks looks good. I'm looking forward to it because it will give me that comedy fix I need from Star Wars, in a, some sense. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if uh, I don't remember what the magazine was. I think it was maybe Rolling Stone, but there was like a Rolling Stone cover from the '70s that 
or early 80s, I think, rather, because uh, it was for Return of the Jedi that was uh, Carrie Fisher in the, like, the Jabba's mm-hmm. Palace Leia outfit with, like, a Gamodian guard and, like, I think, like, another character from uh, Jabba's Palace, like, mm-hmm. all at the beach. Like, and I'm, I'm wondering if there'll be some kind of joke, like, reference to, like, that whole, like, cover to that. Because it seems like it would fit in right. with this being like like a summer vacation and some of them being at the beach at part possible. of possible. Won't know until the summer. I'll wait. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's supposed to... Co- it's coming out, it August? looks like, on uh, yeah, August 5th. So uh, we'll probably cover that uh, around the same time that we do our, our episodes for the, like, the Industrial Light and Magic uh, docuseries that's going to be on around that same time too. Looking forward to it. Next yeah. up, the Star Wars X-Wing fighter model used in A New Hope fetches an astonishing $2.3 million at auction. That's absurd money to me. Like... <laughs> but... I, yeah, I agree. Cool. It's pretty cool. Like you just... Who has that kind of money just laying around to buy a model? Not me. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, wrong kind of model. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, for Leo. Uh, but maybe if you're, although I feel like if you're Ewan, you could just be like, hey, can you, That's mine can you now. give me that? <laughs> you you want to give me that. Well, speaking of him, like but, I remember the story from the prequels that he kept getting in trouble because how many lightsabers he was breaking on set. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm sure him and uh, Hayden probably uh, cured oh, yeah. a few that they they took home during and during I the read somewhere the that everyone who's a Jedi prominent Jedi Lucas bought them or made them a special engraved version of their lightsaber. Oh yeah, and we all know notoriously what Samuel <laughs> Jackson's lightsaber hilt has engraved on it. B A M F. Uh, I will let. Our listeners figure out what that stands for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this. He'll, he'll tell you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, with this, the X-wing miniature model, it was it was created by ILM for the the original film, and it was estimated to go for like half a million to a million, but ended up, like you said, going for about two point yeah, three million, which it's so crazy and it's uh for the red x-wing squadron leader garvin dryas uh played by drew henley uh is that it was his uh x-wing from the film not even like a prominent prominent so, like main yeah it's not even like Lu- yeah, it's not even like luke's or like or even like mm-hmm. wedges it's or or even <laughs> porkins <laughs> but yeah, the I, I think that's cool. It's it's uh, from a like a screen from a pyro shot, like where an explosion is going off around the engine. So I don't know. I think like stuff like this. If I was ever rich, I probably would have like. I probably would, you know, be dropping yeah, money. If I had stuff that like kind this. of money, if just I, be like, like I if, want that. I'd probably have it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, if like if you just had two point three million to drop, like it was nothing. For that and that like you'd still be mm-hmm. like married after yeah. if you were married <laughs> then 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 all for it but that's i think that's pretty cool 
and it would be awesome to have stuff like that. And I think someday it would be cool just to check out the mm. Lucasfilm archives. Like I, uh, like I was, because I had had uh, Hal Hickel on uh, Animation Fascination years back, uh, back in 2017. I was lucky enough to be able to like go and walk around Island nice. a bit with him, and I got I got to see like a bunch of this stuff like in the studio there, which was pretty cool. Uh, and one of the the funny things I found out was that the ship in mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest is designed to look like uh, those toilet seat <laughs> covers. So the next time you watch Galaxy Quest, if you look at the ship, it's it's designed to be like a toilet nice. seat cover. Not even I think Spaceballs Galaxy Quest. Yeah, but some some pretty cool stuff. Uh, going from there, we've talked about Cal Kestis a little bit on the show with the uh, Fallen Order video games and its upcoming sequel, the Jedi Survivor game. Uh, there's recently kind of been rumors going around that he might get his own Disney Plus show. Uh, now, this, I'm not, like, so part of, like, the rumor is that, like, Basically, the actor Colin Monaghan had signed on to play the character for the video games, as well as in a live-action series for Disney+, Plus, is what the, the mm-hmm. rumor's saying. So, with this, I'm kind of, like, wondering what they would do as far as, like, if it would be set after the games. But then, like, what they have to do there is they have to make a show that both fits people that have never played the video game as well as gifts and rewards people that have played the video games i'm from a person who hasn't played the video games i'm perfectly fine with them ignoring me and just following the video game storyline to reward those who did play it i will catch up i will figure out what's going on like you can still make a great show based on that video game it doesn't it doesn't have to be catered to those who haven't, in my opinion. But it, it wouldn't hurt yeah. for those who aren't me and have that mindset. Yeah, and it's... I mean, even if he was to just show up in, like, another series, like, like say, if they did do a season two of Obi-Wan, uh, mm-hmm. he could show up there. Uh, he was he was on the TV show Gotham uh, as, like, one of the, the versions of the Joker. I know show. From Shameless. And then he was also, yeah, I was going to say he was also on the, the show Shameless uh, with uh, William H. Macy. Uh, but I don't know. I, I like Cameron Monaghan. I like the character of Cal Kestis. And he's keeps going up in popularity a lot, too, because they have his, his lightsaber hilt at Galaxy's Edge, where you can pick that up now, too. And they even made his saber there uh, one of the ones where, if you like, he bought two of them, they mm. would connect. There's a because there's a modification in the game where you can like mod your saber to either be like a double bladed hilt or different variations of how you can do things with it in the game to customize mm-hmm. it to your liking. So like when they made it available at the the parks, they kind of added part of that to it. So I think it's kind of cool. But I don't know. I I don't know if I need a full series with him because I like I like the character in the like the games by himself. Uh, but but maybe kind of like in the same way as like uh, uh, like uh, Black mm-hmm. Rasen, or I probably mm-hmm. just butchered his name from uh, Book of Boba Fett. Uh, 
like how he shows up and he's like a prominent yeah. comic book character. Yeah, you could do something like that. It would be a cool of to one-off appearances here or there, or a couple appearances, whatever. Not really one-off if there's multiple, but that wouldn't hurt. Um, yeah, but depending on who's behind the full series, it'd be good. And um, I had they haven't really gone awry with Star Wars yet. Bo- Book of Boba Fett was kind of a letdown, but. For them, I still enjoyed it. It was still good. Yeah, the like even like the not is uh, great. Star Wars is still leagues and leagues better than uh, some of like other stuff that's oh, yeah. out there to watch. Uh, Very much so. And what's what's interesting too is like uh, with Cal's character, a lot of more of stuff from that game is like started to make its way into other stuff too so like the inquisitorious mm-hmm. base showed up on obi-wan this season the bd droid showed up in mm-hmm. book of boba fett recently so it's uh, a little bit more and more stuff from his game so he just needs to show up, up now right in different uh, yeah and i and it looks like uh, from stuff that we saw in the andor trailer there could be other things from the game that show up in another series so um it's right. all up for grabs and I, I always like the blending more and more of all this stuff together that's, like that's that. one thing so. with star wars that is just unmatched is the blending of everything into major projects like even with the marvels and dc yeah. stuff like they take bits and pieces from the comics but they don't really do anything from the games the fan fictions the, all the other stuff and it's so hard to keep up yeah. with in Star Wars, just for me. But it's rewarding when it pays off. Yeah, it's definitely one of the companies that does a great job with mm-hmm. mixed media as far as all of it mattering and all of it being canon. So, like, at all of the High Republic books coming out, all the comics that are coming out, all the video games, all of the tie-in novels that are coming out. Uh, and the animated series, the live action series, they're all like part of one cohesive uh, Star Wars galaxy. So it's cool, and it can be daunting. At <laughs> I mean, the look time. at Spider Man. We have they just finally acknowledge they all exist in the same multiverse. But it's been how many years since Tobey Maguire, then Andrew Garfield, and now Tom Holland? And for yeah. you're just supposed to like think they don't exist together. And they're not the same person. It's just completely different. And then they're like, did the finger point thing? Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the, like the last thing to wrap up our news before we get into the, the uh, finale episode discussion is basically kind of a looking forward. Now, do now Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen have both said that the show is always envisioned as kind of like it's a self-contained one-off limited series story. Uh, but then also during the making of it, they had such fun doing it that both have said in interviews during like the marketing and uh, promotion for uh, these six episodes that they would come back if they're, if the story was right. The mouse and better pay up and deliver. He better. Was... We need season two yeah, for but, a movie or something. Yeah, so we'll get into it more when we talk about the episode, but there's the only thing that, like, I have a concern with any kind of, like, 
another season with this is I, we've said it in other episodes too, where it's like they have less and less yeah. kind of runway of in which to do stuff. I mean, they can always do a story that takes place over like the course of like mm-hmm. two days uh, for a season. And it's just like, like fast paced, like, cause you know, like fast times at Ridgemont high, that's like over the course of like 24 right. hours. So there's, there's stories that or the you show can 24. do that are, <laughs> And yeah, that's there you go. twenty-four episodes for one yeah, we, day. Yeah, we'll get a season two of Obi Wan Kenobi is twenty-four episodes, uh, one shot in real time over the course of twenty-four hours. I feel Obi-Wan there's stuff life. they could explore, and it doesn't have to be like yeah, as in depth of a storyline as they did. Like, it's weird. You could like, we'll get into it in the episode how. Vader and Palpatine's relationship is. You can explore that more. You can explore what Obi Wan's doing on Tatooine yeah. a little more. Oh. I almost feel like if if they do a season two, um, it'll almost have to be like uh, like a Book mm-hmm. of Boba Fett route in the matter of like say, uh, Vader has a show now and it follows because I feel like the inner action between these two is kind of over now until they meet each other again yeah. in a new hope. Uh, but they could, there could be other stories that happen with, yeah, it doesn't have to be Vader and him, like chasing him over the course of period that. of time. It's, there's stuff you could do, but yeah, um, is, and I just hope they do it. That's cause this show, this season series was so good. It just met and exceeded anything I wanted. So, yeah, but yeah, so I, I, I mean, I would watch a season two. Uh, they're, they've yet to announce one, I guess. I guess if they were going to announce a season two, that they'll probably wait until mm. D23 Expo later this summer. So I think if we do find out about them moving forward with one, that would probably be where we find out at that point. P- closer to like uh, uh, when Andor is coming out late this summer. So we will find out more then, but that is going to wrap up our news section for the episode and our first kind of overall segment. Uh, Right now, we're going to lead in to the listener voicemails this week. A little peek behind the curtain, we we may or may not have multiple voicemails this week. That's up in the air, so in a few seconds, you might hear just one, or you might hear multiple voicemails. Who leaves a voicemail, really? So... Text me that shit. Yeah. Uh, and but actually, if you do have the Anchor app, there is a button <laughs> in the app where you can you can leave a voicemail for us, and we can put it into the episode. So if you do ever want to do that for any episodes about stuff you want to talk about, I encourage you, you to leave voicemails as well. Uh, but I we, was joking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we will be back in a few moments, and when we come back, Stanford will be with us to discuss. Part 6 of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Hello there, boys. This is Mr. Vector, editor of this podcast, just stopping by to say Obi-Wan Kenobi served us well. I really enjoyed this series. It had its flaws. It had some things that did not get answered, some questions that I wanted answered. But overall, the feeling it left me with was joy, elation, and a sense of closure for... Obi-Wan's grief and his failure of Anakin. I loved all the stuff with Hayden 
you know, Ewan and Hayden really made this series and made me want to spend more time in this universe. I would say the, the downside for me was probably the budget and some of the limitations of this show. I probably would have rather have seen this as a movie than a series, but hopefully we'll get to spend some more time in this universe, season two, what have you, as it were. All right, Mark, Mike, back to you. All right, and we are back from one or multiple listener voicemails. I think someone watched but, episode one of Fan- like Phantom Menace and not Obi-Wan based on their take. <laughs> yeah, Vec- Vector, we we're, were very clearly uh, talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi part six this week, not Phantom Menace. I mean, <laughs> there, are a few, there are a few similarities of cast members in both of those, but... Get with the program. I, and I still don't support what what you're saying. That I mean, <laughs> just just terrible takes. I, you're gonna. I mean, you, if you keep saying stuff like that, Vector, you're gonna get canceled, <laughs> and people aren't gonna want to be friends with you. So just <laughs> cut cut that stuff out. But but anyways, uh, enough of that. Uh, we're welcoming our guest this week, uh, Stanford Clark, my co-host on Animation Fascination, and he hosts his own podcast with uh, movies past and present. Thanks for coming on, Stanford. Hey, thanks for the invitation. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, yeah. thanks for coming out. Oh, thank you. Uh, now, the past uh, few episodes we've had uh, our guests kind of give us kind of a lowdown on like, what they've thought of the preceding episodes before it. Uh, what have you been enjoying and what has been your like, favorite parts of, I guess, for you now, it's going to be the rest of the series parts one through five. Wow. What was been your favorite part? So number one, I'm just happy that we have this show, you know, when, when Disney wanted, you know, bought Lucasfilm and they announced they were going to be doing a bunch of stuff. One of the movies that I really was hoping for was an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. So I feel like this is what we finally get, you know, and, and while I think the series maybe has had some uneven moments, I've, Really enjoyed it, and and uh, I think my favorite episodes far so far have been one, two, and five, and then of course you know we'll be talking about six, which I loved, but you know we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get there. But uh, I I've, I've had a blast. I mean, for me being a you know a lifelong Star Wars fan, it's kind of like what's not to like being able to have a new Star Wars show once a week, you know during during the month of June. This has just been it's been fantastic. Agreed. Yeah. For sure. Uh, So without further ado, let's kind of get into recapping and kind of discussing different aspects of this episode. Uh, So this episode, it starts uh, back on Tatooine, and we see Reva pushes her, pushes, uh, this was, it was, it was like Obi-Wan's boss from the first episode, right? Yes. Or who pays him. I don't know if it was his boss, but it was a man ripping people off. Yeah, I just recognized it was the like the dude from the the first episode, uh, where Obi Wan was cutting up that meat. But <laughs> yeah, random she, meat. She, she, yes, random random meat, meat cutter. for uh, his but he, she, animal, right? Whatever he calls. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Opie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, sadly, by the end of this the series, we never got an, any Opie farts like <laughs> like we did in the, the prequels, <laughs> unfortunately. Right. Dang it! But. 
Uh, yeah, so she pushes him aside and asks the, the vendor about uh, where she can find Owen Lars, because because Bell left that, that super awesome voicemail last week that had all all that per- pertinent information about what she needed and where to find it. Now, this is just like a lighthearted uh, joke because, like you said, and uh, like we all agree, because I'm just happy to get Star Wars. Every every time someone gets stabbed in the in the gut with a lightsaber, now they're fine. I, they're just I fine. Want, it's just only a flesh wound, you know? I think I'll take a Qui-Gon walk now. Just looks at, yeah, Qui-Gon just looks at everybody else. He's like, am I a joke to you? I know. I'm so glad <laughs> you guys are thinking the same thing. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, Qui-Gon, you know, Yeah, now, him. like, with the with the Grand Inquisitor uh, Palins, they have two stomachs. So maybe he just got stabbed <laughs> in, in one of them, and that's why he was good. But like, like remember, like Maul got cut in half. Fine. However, he he, he he got some spider legs and he was good. Yeah. Uh, and then now, Riva like she got stabbed, but she was like if she got punched in the the stomach or something like that, she would react to it. But like, man, I was like, I mean, I'd react like, if I got o- punched in the stomach too. But yeah. Seriously, but I guess more so if he got stabbed in the stomach. I got first. stabbed in the stomach. I just stay down. I would not be <laughs> pulling myself around tattooing. Right. I'd I'd be down. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. So, like, if if there's any any picks to knit, that that would be uh like the like literally like the only thing yeah. that I would have to say about this. Like just in general. Well, the more I um, think about it, and based on the end of the episode, and if you think it back to New Hope. When Vader kills Obi Wan, and then you think about Luke dying, it's like a choice to go to this ghost realm. So, yeah, yeah. like the the only other thing too is that everybody that has survived a an abdomen stomach wound like that has been heavily influenced by the dark side. Yeah, they maybe not can't go to this realm. Yeah, and like uh, the Grand Inquisitor last week too even said something about like re- revenge is a great tool to heal. Uh, yeah, to basically heal yourself, more or less. So if that's the reasoning, I can kind of see that that too with. Uh, but still. With uh, yeah. You're cutting through but, metal doors and all this stuff, and you stab someone in the stomach, and they're just out fighting again tomorrow. Like, Fennec Shan will just be like, "I got a guy." I'll bring I'll bring you to him. See? Well, are they all just have back to tanks, you know, that are just yeah. like in the yeah. in an adjacent room. They can just like get a portable back back to tanks. Yeah. Exactly. Although although at least you don't have to wear the like the diaper. big diaper anymore like like Luke had to in a in uh, Empire Strikes Back. Right. They worked um, out the yeah. diaper kinks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, diaper kinks title of your uh anyways uh meet, right. meanwhile and meanwhile in space uh darth vader's imperial star destroyer the devastator is pursuing uh, the broken's freight transport uh i can't and tell on that, how happy that made me to see that I mean, that just that whole sequence yeah like all all this stuff looks great it's it looks like, so great f- film quality with all of this and like as they're pursuing uh the transport it's got roken in there it's got uh kumal ninjiani uh, you got obi-wan in there you got leia 
uh, and everybody else uh, that was with the the path. And on there, basically, they're trying to they're trying to get the hyperdrive going again. And Obi Wan knows that the ship's basically uh, motivation or Vader's motivation is pretty much just to come after him. Yeah. So, and the, the ship's motivator itself is damaged and they're running out of time. So, uh, Leia uses uh, Lola to comfort uh, Karan and his mother. And Karan is actually like an exist or was in an expanded universe character that was like with like the Rogue Squadron in like the pre uh, Disney acquisition books. So, like, now this is information I've picked up from other like podcasts and stuff that I've listened to where. Uh, this could be something maybe like they're setting him up so with like that the film Patty Jenkins is doing the Rogue Squadron film that maybe he'll end up being that same kind of character later on in her film which is supposed to, supposed to be set I believe after uh, after like all the sequel trilogy stuff uh, so that would kind of drive timeline wise with how old this kid is here and how old the right. character would be by that by that point uh, so that that would be interesting to see. Um, but then we cut back to uh, Tatooine, and we see Luke and uh, Uncle Owen are visiting the mechanic to obtain a new belt for the the land speeder, because <laughs> uh, Luke's already breaking stuff, <laughs> especially on on the land speeder. Uh, and the the guy that uh, was there when Reva was was looking for Owen earlier comes and tells Owen what's what's up and what's going on, mm-hmm. and so when we then see them run back and i made i made a joke to my wife and son when we were watching this i was like oh so does luke just pretty much like wear like the the same thing for for like nine years it or just so? grows with him yep <laughs> <laughs> but, but i i thought that was funny how he was, he was basically like the the kid in this was basically wearing the same thing that we see mark Ham- the, hamill wearing it's the only the clothes jawas have just for sale like <laughs> good point yeah but yeah, like so far in this part of the episode, like, what did you guys think so far? Like leading up to this point, with like all the stuff with, with Riva and um, what we think is going on with with Kenobi on this ship up to here. I mean, with the Kenobi thing, I was like, so it's, you could tell it's the bond him and Anakin have like was just full on display. He's like, I know what's going on. Like, I gotta sacrifice myself for, for you guys, and that was just. I just love that part. It was just, you, he's so in tune with Anakin still and knows every move he's going to make just about. It was so yeah. cool. And, but then the whole Reva thing, I was like, where's this going? I kind of know what's going to happen because obviously Luke survives in some fashion. I didn't know what. And yeah, just maybe dislike Owen a little more. <laughs> yeah. Like this, this whole thing too, because like with after like Owen tells uh, Brew that someone's coming after Luke and they need to basically flee with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you see how much of like a BA uh, Brew is, where she's like, "No, we got we got to stay here and we got to fight." And she starts pulling rifles out out of the wall and stuff. Yeah. I was like, "It's like, oh dang, Aunt Brew, Aunt Brew, I know, it's <laughs> <laughs> getting it done." <laughs> Is Amp Amperu gonna have to choke somebody? <laughs> it, it was good to finally see uh, Bonnie Peace 
in the show too, outside of just you know like randomly seeing her in a far off shot. Oh, there she is. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought so. The same, yeah. But I, it's definitely convincing. Like with Joe Egerton, that he's gonna, like in nine years, going to look like the Uncle Owen, <laughs> unlike everybody that, else. Yeah, like it's like you can see that like that stitching there like within that, that nine years you can even see it with i don't know if they put makeup on on bonnie piece mm-hmm. but you can you can kind of even see that with her too with like her starting to go closer right. to aunt peru yeah it was good casting yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah george Lucas definitely did a good job back in 2001 when he cast both of them in attack of the clones mm-hmm. so it's it's kind of crazy, like that they've like grown in, into the roles over that time, like over the past twenty years. And I was just so happy that they were like in the show. I mean, like, right. I mean, yeah. that, that they they they're, they're still alive, and you know, they could be, you know, they they could they could participate. Uh, I mean, basically everybody yeah. could, you know. They they were really happy about about it. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, like, from here we go back to, to Roken's ship, and uh, Kumal, uh, a.k.a. Haja, uh, is spoken with Leia and gives Kenobi uh, space to talk to her, basically telling, letting Kenobi know that, like, he's kind of, I don't know, Bye. made, uh, yeah, like, Leia see that it, it'll be okay that Obi-Wan's got to go to to do this to leave the the transport so he can take on uh vader by himself uh, and like from there uh, kenobi tells leia to tell her father uh bell uh about his efforts to tr- to rescue her and try to get her back to alderaan on time uh he also hands leia the uh tala's uh empty gun holster <laughs> and i thought this was a, a little funny joke too because she's she's like uh oh you gave me, it's uh, empty holster. She's like, like well, I'm, I'm not going to give you, give you a, I'm not going to give you a blast year. You're 10 years old, but you, but you won't always be. So I At thought first, that, that was funny. I, Cause I was just, when I was watching it, I was like, wait, is that her mom's holster? But I was like, well, I was like, why would he have that with her? That makes no sense. And then it dawned oh, yeah. on me whose it was. Yeah. But, the, but then part of me thought I was like, wait, when did he, when did he get yeah. Tala's holster? Yeah. Didn't blow up? I was gonna say, didn't everything explode? So maybe, yeah. She, she exploded, went. but the holster was still there. Yeah, or it was. That was the only thing. I, yeah, that was the only thing I was thinking of. Unless I missed something from last yeah, week. Yeah, like, say like, maybe there was. Gave him the holster like after like the whole backstory, uh, that she told him, but like you know where she was telling him about the holster and whatnot. But that I do not know if I missed that or whatnot. But from there, uh, Kenobi heads to the dropship. Uh, Roken tries to reason with him again, saying that they can fix the hyperdrive. Uh, but then Roken accepts that Kenobi's decision, uh, realizing that he has unfinished business with Vader. Uh, but before leaving, Kenobi tells Roken uh, that the Rebellion will need more leaders like him. And uh, Roken says he's just getting started with that. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe we'll see Oshawa Jackson Jr. again in the, the Andor series, possibly. Mm-hmm. And I'm also wondering if maybe if we'll see more of uh, Kamal Ninjiani in that as well, too. Just because it seems kind of interesting that they cast both of these two and in the series. And they haven't done much. Yeah, like, like they were good in what they were given to do, but they, yeah, like he said, 
they didn't have too much to to do a lot of the times just since the show's like so focused on Obi-Wan. I mean, Andor's presumably going to be very focused on Diego Luna's Andor. Mm-hmm. So it should be interesting to, to see if we do see these characters pop up anywhere else in like any other series too. I'm curious to know because everyone seems to like, oh, Obi-Wan figured it out and everyone agrees with him. Or is he doing the mind trick on him? Is he oh, making yeah. them so, see his way through his powers? Because oh, he... Yeah. Just a thought. Something to think about. Yeah, good good, yeah. good point, Mike. Yeah. Uh, but from here, uh, Kenobi flies the dropship of Adoroken's freighter, drawing the attention of the Imperials who detect him on aboard. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor tells Vader that they should continue to pursue the path ship, uh, opting to go after this entire group to take them all out in this one fell swoop rather than prioritizing the one Jedi. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Vader is like, like nah, nah. <laughs> we'll go on there. Turn around. We're, we're going to <laughs> prepare my ship. I'm going after Obi-Wan. So... Like during this whole time, we're kind of cutting back and forth between uh, the stuff with Obi Wan and Vader, and then on the Lars homestead with with Riva and Owen and Luke and Aunt Peru. Uh, and so Owen tells Luke that the Tusken Raiders are going to attack the poor farm. Tusken Raiders, blamed for everything, yeah. right? Yeah. And he's like, well, from a certain point of view, uh, well they. Well, they plan to stay and fight. He also warns Luke to run if anything goes wrong. And one of the things I thought was cool here too is Luke says, "I'm not afraid." Mm. And I was, I was like, "Hey, I was, I was the uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood meme, where he's like pointing at the TV." <laughs> and I was like, "Hey, I remember when Luke said that later when he's an adult." <laughs> yeah, so he, he's always not afraid. And I, and I'm almost heard like when when the kids said that, I almost heard. Mark Hamill. Uh, Mark Hamill saying it in my head at the same time. So I, th- I thought that was cool how they how they had showed how Luke is kind of like always kind of been fearless either when he's a little ten year old kid or whether he's nineteen or older in, in the films. So I thought that was a, a nice it's little a family trait. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Owen and Baru reassure the, the uh, Luke that things will be okay. And then, meanwhile, Kenobi flies his starship to this rocky moon covered with, like, all these kind of, like, stalagmites and pinnacles and stuff on it. And, well, uh, uh, basically he goes down and he starts to, to face Kenobi. As he flies down to the planet to face his former master, uh, Kenobi leaves Lola inside the ship's cockpit. Uh, now, man, like, this, I, I, I loved this whole, like, scene here with this. It was, like, really emotionally powerful between uh, Vader and Obi-Wan during mm-hmm. all of this. Like the, oh, yeah. The dialogue b- back and forth. Uh, I even said I said to my wife and, and son after finishing it, I was like, would you guys make fun of me if I told you that I cried a little bit during <laughs> that scene? And, and my wife said, not to your face. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Oh. And then I and then I asked 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 my son and he said he just like looked at me and he's like <laughs> uh, but yeah like this like kind of whole back and forth between Obi Wan and 
Anakin slash Vader here I thought was great. We got this back and forth uh, with uh, like uh, Vader saying like you've you've gotten your strength back, mm -hmm. uh, but you you still have all that weakness, and he buries him under these rocks. And there's kind of this shot which I almost thought he was gonna say say the line as he was standing up on top of this this pit of rocks as he's starting to throw the rocks down at at Obi Wan. He's gonna be like, I have the high ground. <laughs> But he didn't. He didn't say. He didn't it. say that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and he's just. And I. One of the things I thought was notable here too is that he still called him master. Yeah. As he as he does that. I thought that was a I little thought, weird, but I. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was interesting because you can see how there's still like that bit of Anakin leaking through mm -hmm. Vader into all of this. Uh. I was going to go back and forth between, like, this and the stuff with uh, the Lars Homestead, but I guess let's focus on... Yeah, let's finish like, this. this. On the, yeah, ba the yeah, battle fight. royale. <laughs> yeah. I loved when he was so, in the rocks that he's just sitting there holding all of the rocks above him still, but... Me too, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, he's basically forming, like, this, bu like, force bubble mm -hmm. above him to keep the rocks above him. And he... So, like, while he's there, like, he's haunted by like all these memories of previous fights with vader and like you're like mm -hmm. these lines that vader said this season uh and and like the flashback we got in the last episode to hear some of those lines to hear some stuff from revenge of the sith here mm -hmm. as well and then you just see him like blast all of these rocks out of there which well, doesn't and, he have the memories of the kids before that happens? Yeah. And, well, then, yeah, yeah and then he thinks about the kids. And then I think it's, from from my perspective, is when he starts thinking about what he can do to serve others and, you know, and to keep the fight going, you yeah. know, of the rebellion. Uh, that's what just kind of, like, gives him his super, his super force strength, you know, yeah. to do what he does next. Like, I failed him, yeah. but he has two kids who he can probably sense they're promising. Yep. And he's like, and... Yeah. I see. I can make it so they are not you. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he starts like chucking all these rocks at Vader. Oh, that was so cool. Uh, was that it's like the, the coolest or what? <laughs> he's got like hundreds of rocks floating around him, you know, just hurling them all at Vader. Oh man. What I what I like about all this stuff too is like there's always that like there's been a joke recently of stuff that like jedi can do is just float rocks and uh, some other stuff like that and i thought like this was like basically jedi floating rocks to the, like mm -hmm. the nth yeah degree uh, so i i liked that basically coming to its its full yeah. uh, fruition there yeah. with that now you and, know why they float uh, rocks. i know yeah <laughs> you fling them at your and enemies. then they yeah, they resume their their duel together, and from this too, you already start to hear like that familiar, like Vader's suit like struggling to keep him breathing. Sound I thought effect. that started after Obi Wan started punching that apparatus. Yeah, well, it it starts just very slightly here, just because of getting inundated with all the right. like the rocks. But it, I guess it, I just keeps didn't notice that soon. Yeah, it keeps getting worse as he's like, you know systematically like failing punching and st stabbing the different beating the hell <laughs> flashing Seriously. lights on 
on Vader's suit. Uh, but basically, after he corners Vader, uh, he strikes his helmet, damaging the mass and exposing the left side of his scarred face. Uh, so we we get that. You see how much like, headroom uh, he had in that helmet? Like, that helmet was not yeah. snug. Yeah, there's all sorts of room in that. Yeah, but when I saw this, I thought this was great, especially uh, after, like, watching... So there's, like, there's a mirrored scene of this in in Rebels between Ahsoka and Anakin Vader, too, where, like, the same thing kind of happens to the helmet there, and you can hear a hint of Anakin's voice and Vader's, and Vader's voice kind voice. of interchangeably... Yeah like mixing together and I, I liked how they did that in here too uh with like the, the kind of fluctuation between mm. hayden's voice uh segueing into james Earl jones voice and then there's like a mixture of it at certain points mm. as well too and they have like kenobi has this whole i think with him he dresses him as anakin right uh and vader i responds to An- <laughs> yeah that anakin's gone and that he is all that remains and you can see like and then like this is this like the scene that I, that I ended up uh, crying a little bit at mm-hmm. just because like this I thought this was really emotional like Kenobi's like super distraught and apologized to Anakin like and this to me felt like like almost an exact sequel to the scene from Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. where it's like you are my brother Anakin yeah I loved you uh, and it, this felt just kind of like a continuation of that and like where Anakin says. I am not your failure. Uh, you did. You didn't uh, kill Anakin. I. I did that. And. Uh, and he says something like, uh, "Then, then my trend, my yeah, my trend, my friend truly is dead." Then it was basically uh, Obi Wan saying goodbye, like. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, he says, and he says goodbye, Darth. And and Obi Wan so being able like, to like let go of the guilt he's felt yeah you know yeah in a way anakin almost gave that to me like almost abdicated him of Mm. and any of that guilt he was still feeling about him he was like it wasn't it wasn't your fault i'm i made the choice yeah he made the choice well yeah it's because that that's who anakin it was and who vader is it's like i'm in control you're not like that's the whole his whole thing and it was just this yeah. one thing about the lightsaber duels I've loved in this series is nobody's doing all these crazy flips and it's like not parkourish. It's just heavy hitting, like I want to hurt you battles. Like they're yeah. personal. It's not stylistic fighting. Oh, although we did we did get the the Obi Wan pose again, <laughs> slightly there with like the the hand behind and the hand yeah. forward. Mm. But he, yeah, he had to throw that in. You know? He wasn't like yeah, doing flips or yeah, flying around. Like they wanted yeah. each other gone. Like yeah, it was so personal. And then it makes me think, looking at the lightsabers, how they're so dark. Like, how do they fade in the New Hope? How are you going to explain that now? Like that's where my mind went watching after that battle was over. Like, oh yeah. Obi Wan's lightsaber is such a dark blue, and Vader's is such a dark red. And then in A New Hope, since it was the seventies, they aren't as dark. Like yeah, just because it was done like a whole different process. But yeah, that's almost side note. That's almost one thing. I I wonder why they never did uh, 
or well, I guess why Lucas never changed when he did the special editions, even like post doing the the prequels to match the yeah. sabers to be closer to how they look there. Just... And people have also pointed out how like how the environment of the sabers is actually like reflecting off of like Vader's helmet and not people's faces mm. within this in like it never did that. Yeah, just never the technology allows them to do that now. Yeah. Just, yeah. And the stylistic choices, you know, I think, too. But, yeah. yeah. One of the things I liked most about this fight, too, was that uh, earlier in the fight was when, like, Vader uh, put his hand on the ground and basically did the... did that... like, the, the force push to the ground. Yeah, that, to was, get... that was cool. It was gnarly, yeah. Yeah. So that was, I thought that was pretty awesome. And uh, this also leads credence to the fact, uh, like that, like the story that uh, Obi-Wan will eventually tell Luke about a, a dark Lord of the Sith named Darth Vader killed your father. It's uh, kind of true. Because it's true. Him. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, like, so cutting back from here to. Uh, Tatooine, we see uh, Riva is uh, going after Luke. Luke flees into the Beggar's Canyon uh, with Riva in hot pursuit against him. And then, like, during this whole thing, uh, well, Riva is uh, basically catches up to, to Luke. He gets, he, he kind of gets knocked unconscious, like, from falling, mm. like, down, like, the side of the canyon there. And she goes to, like, take like the like you know the killing strike mm. to take luke but then she she basically has a empire strikes back moment where she sees herself uh on the ground as a, a child uh and then she sees and gets like all these like flashbacks to like vader and anakin um like when he was going to do the same to her when she was younger mm -hmm. uh, and then we see her ultimately you know make the the right choice and right. not take out luke uh so at the same time as kenobi is leaving the the moon that he was just facing uh, vader on uh and he he senses that luke's in trouble uh, so he he got there so it. fast oh my gosh i know like instantly <laughs> yeah he, he yeah he books it to to tatooine and to the large homestead I finds Owen and Baru looking frantically for Luke, uh, and Riva approaches them while carrying the unconscious Luke. And I thought they were all gonna think like Luke was dead and like mm -hmm. try to like take Riva out at this point. But then luckily, you know, Luke's like starts shuffling up and he's awake. Mm -hmm. uh, so from all this, like uh, Lars carries Luke back to safety, and Kenobi faces Riva and tells her uh, that she can kill Skywalker and that she failed to, or no, she says that she couldn't kill Skywalker and that she failed to avenge her fellow younglings deaths at the hands of Lord Vader. Uh, but Obi-Wan reassures her You're that she hasn't failed, but that she's actually uh, brought peace and honor by showing yeah. mercy. And then he also tells Riva that she has not fallen to the dark side and adds that she is free to choose her own destiny. Yeah. Uh, Riva cries before laying down her double-bladed spinning saber and well, kenobi helps now. riva to, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then kenobi uh, helps riva to her feet 
and reassures her that they're both free. And one of the things I thought were here at one point, I was like, are they going to bury her saber? I was wondering that too. I was like, is that just going to disappear into the sand all of a sudden? Just yeah, and I was, I was like, is, is the Lars homestead just the burial know, place It's for, just where people go bury. For lightsabers <laughs> now? Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tatooine just eats lightsabers. Just... <laughs> yeah. The sands of Tatooine. That... Uh, Stuff. Yeah, but from here we we cut back to to Vader's fortress on on Mustafar, uh, in a repaired suit, uh, and he's talking to none other than Darth Sidious, uh, aka Sheev Palpatine, uh, and he tells him that he's dispatched probe droids to hunt down Kenobi. And Emperor notices that Vader is agitated and questions whether his apprentice is affected by his feelings for his former master. And Vader responds that Kenobi means nothing and reaffirms his loyalty. To so Palpatine, <laughs> while he sits in his throne. Again, it he's was like, just like, like, nope, all done. Gotcha. Yeah. Message received. But yeah, I thought I thought this was kind of interesting with that too. Uh, like, what did you think about like all all of this between uh, Reva and Obi Wan, and then with uh, Vader and Palpatine? I was so stoked that we got to see Palpatine. You know, that was one of these, like, kind of... In the, well, no, I wanted to see Vader's castle on Mustafar, you know, so I was happy that we got to see that, and and, and happy we got to see that whole, you know, uh, interchange. And I also thought it was important, because, again, I thought this was, a, you know, a healthy oh, yeah. bridge into, mm-hmm. into Episode 4. I, I agree. Uh, it was an important scene. You kind of needed to see that. The Reva storyline kind of felt throwaway to me. Yeah, you know, I I wasn't a fan of the Reva storyline either. I, the only thing I really liked about it was finally when Reva and Obi Wan are having that heart to heart. You know, mm-hmm. after as we were just talking about, as you know, her her damaged sabers on the ground, and and Obi Wan's telling her, you know, that now she's got she's she's got a choice, and right. that's cool for me. That's just like a cool Star Wars life lesson. Uh, that I think we yeah. can apply to all of us is that you know we have a choice of, of, of yeah. what 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 direction we want to take. But yeah. Yeah. it's just her storyline served. Uh, we need to get Obi Wan back to Tatooine. How do we do it? <laughs> yes, <That's... laughs> I know, right? Uh. But no, it was good to see the Vader Palpatine dynamic and how how much Vader just like. Okay, you're right. I'm just with you. Not no question. And then in Jedi, yeah. of course, that's he starts questioning, and then eventually in Jedi, oh, realizes he went the wrong way. So it was nice to see how quickly the Emperor was just like, "You're worrying about something you shouldn't." Yep, you're right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. All right. Guys, I'm going to pause it really quick right here and stop the meeting and restart it because we're running out of time yep. with the 40-minute limit. Uh, keep your recordings going on your side. Will okay. do. Uh, but I'll be right back. Okay. All righty. Zoom will disappear in four, three, two, one.
Hey there. One of these days, I'm gonna have to spring for the the upgraded version of Zoom. <laughs> oh, I'm with you though. If, you know, figure out ways to make the free version work. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't have that much left. It's um, just like the end of the like the end of the episode. And then our closing stuff for our episode. Okay. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Hey and there. We're back. Mark will be right back. He said. <laughs> That's why I was late joining, as I had to run to the restroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where do you live, Mike? I'm in um, upstate New York. Okay. Central New York, mainly. And Mark's old stomping grounds, too, right? That's where you... Yep. You guys, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. Where are you? I am in Salt Lake City, Utah. Salt Lake City. Out west. Not too, I guess, closer to Mark, but you know. We're st- the West is pretty spread out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like an 11-hour drive to Mark's. Oh, yeah. We have a visitor. Sylvie. <laughs> so cute. Okay, 30 minutes. And she plopped back down and is ready for another nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, like going from from there, uh, we then cut. I, I called this to to my wife and I was like, "This is the uh, the Return of the King ending to Obi Wan Kenobi." Return of the Cause, King. Yeah, because we got we got the the Vader Sidious wrap up endings. endings, and yeah. then we got the and then here we're getting the Alderaan, uh, Leia, uh, Bell Organa ending. Uh, so yeah, here we see Leia's dressing up and combs her her own hair, uh, to kind of show the difference between the the earlier part of the the season where she, like you know mm-hmm. she had like the, all the handmaidens and stuff doing it for her, and she's got a costume or outfit on a little bit closer to what we'll eventually see her wearing mm-hmm. in A New Hope. She puts on the holster, which is funny because like how big it is compared to like her little ten year old body, uh, and then her her mom comes in. She's like, is that a holster? I like it. And I was like, well, well that's weird. <laughs> but I, I liked how she, she even had her, she had her hairdo was a little bit closer to. Right. It's starting to bun up. It is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I want to say this was really close to the, one of the hairdos that Padme has in Attack of the Clones too, at one point where she has. Yeah. Where she herself is doing like the, the buns there. Uh, but here uh, we see that uh, Obi Wan is landing on Alderaan, which that was a surprise to me. I didn't like. I didn't know if they would actually see each other again in this yeah, series. Yeah, I kind of was wondering that too. Yeah, same. Uh, but like he's he's basically coming back so that he can give Lola back to to Leia, and she and him uh, embrace, and he tells her uh, 
basically her her the traits that she has uh, from essentially Padme, and then he tells her the traits. Uh, so with with that, he says that she's wise, discerning, kind-hearted, uh, and he says those come from her mother. And then he says she's also passionate, fearless, and forthright, which he attributes to Anakin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that was I thought that was interesting, and I you, that shows still how Obi Wan, even though he's kind of made his peace with like Anakin mm-hmm. becoming Vader, how he still values uh, his basically brotherhood and friendship that he had with yeah, that he... man. He let and how he's yeah like wanting to take care of his kids for him now almost in a way. It's kind of like he went to his funeral and said, "I'm at peace with your passing. Like I can talk about you <laughs> in a kind light again." Yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Now your parents were exceptional people who who bore an exceptional daughter." Uh, and then before departing, he tells Leia that she can turn to him for help with stresses, the need to be careful. Lay on her adoptive parents' watches. Kenobi depart. Uh, so I liked how she said uh, goodbye. We won there too, uh, and th- that kind of reattributes to like with him saying like she has to be careful mm-hmm. uh, in a sense to like why she addresses him the way that she does when she leaves the message for him right. in nine years. I'm like her and dad. R two. Yeah, man. Bell must just been having a bad day because <laughs> Bell definitely. Def, definitely knows better than than what he did with that I message. Know. Seriously, I, I just chalk that up to chalk that up to him being a, Concern, a frantic, yeah. cons, concerned yeah, parent, yeah. wanting wanting to to find his kid. Uh, but there, uh, from Leia, we cut back to uh, Tatooine, and Kenobi is departing his caves, packs it all up, takes that that. One last look, and if, if there was a light switch in his cave, he probably would have would have gotten that <laughs> I was shot where for he... that too. The light to just turn. Off. Well, and I've and been I was off. wanting Qui Gon to show up the whole Here? episode, you know. And so I was like, okay, maybe okay. when he's back in the cave, you know. But anyway, we finally get it, but you know, not till the end. End. <laughs> We'll, we'll get there. Steve. I know. Sorry. Sorry. I'm spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Huh. But yeah, he, he rides on his EOP towards uh, the large homestead where Luke is playing. Uh, Owen asks what Kenobi is doing there. Uh, Kenobi basically tells him uh, that Luke should be allowed to grow up like an ordinary boy. Uh, but he also uh, allows Owen to remain Luke's protector, which he vows. Uh, or, yeah. Uh, which he also vows to do so too, uh, basically. And then Owen allows Kenobi to meet Luke, and then we finally, we finally get the, we get, we get the thing, you know. We the, get the thing. He, he, he said, he said the thing. He, hello there. Hello there. <laughs> but I have to feel like they don't have that impressive of a meeting, since Luke's like, oh Ben Kenobi. You mean old Ben? You, you think Obi Wan Kenobi? You think he's related to that old Ben Kenobi out? Uh, and I, when we saw Obi Wan leaving that cave too, I, I, for a moment I also thought we were gonna see him get to his his hut, and like moving into that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess if we get a season two, maybe maybe that's where we see that. Uh, but uh, yeah, after that, and we see the the T sixteen Skyhopper toy in his bag there too. So I'm assuming that uh, Luke finally gets that toy that mm-hmm. Obi Wan bought for him. Uh, and then after that, uh, 
Kenobi is riding on his Yopi back into the desert. And, uh, he's approaching Beggar's Canyon, and then all of, all of a sudden we, we see this. We see this. Uh, we are uh, taken aback. See what I did there? Mm. Um, from a a visage of a force ghost, just kind of you know standing there. Um, then he turns around, and it is his master Qui Gon. Uh, Kenobi's surprised to see his former master Qui Gon. Uh, Qui Gon replies that he was just not ready to see. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've been here the whole time, man. You just, <laughs> You've been making mistakes left start... and right. Yeah, and then Qui-Gon says that he still has some distance to travel before the two continue the journey through Beggar's Canyon. And roll credits. So this is where season one of Obi-Wan Kenobi ends. Uh, but, yeah. What's good? Uh, like, I'm like, oh, man, what what happens now? Yeah. That's what I was but like. I was like, this, and next episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, but I'll, yeah, and like what Qui Gon says to him here too was that he wasn't just ready to see him. That leads his whole credence to theories that people have had for uh, kind of years with uh, Luke and how he sees Obi Wan in the the original trilogy. Uh, whereas like Luke becomes more attuned and attuned to the Force, uh, the Force Ghost uh, image of obi-wan becomes more well first he appears to him just like as the voice in uh, new hope so he doesn't see him at all mm-hmm. that way but then in empire we see him uh and he's a little bit uh, more so- quote unquote solid of a ghost and he mm-hmm. uh interacts with him there in on hoth and then in return of the jedi he's like almost straight up corporeal but he's like very solid blue in that mm-hmm. And even can sit on the, the sit on the log there. <laughs> so, yeah, this just leads me to think that like how they appear as like Force Ghost doesn't have anything to do almost with like how strong that Jedi is within like the Force Ghost aspect of it all. But uh, how strong and perceptive the Jedi that's seeing them is, and. To be to be able to see them and to be able to essentially be see on that wavelength of the force to see them, which is you know like why like Luke is the only one that's seeing uh, Anakin, Yoda, and Obi Wan mm-hmm. at the end of Return of the Jedi, but Leia hasn't because she hasn't really like attuned herself to the force in the same way. Right, um, and I guess that I guess that kind of explains like why Rey would also see uh, Luke and Leia that way at the end of Rise of Skywalker too. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, I was glad that we finally got Qui-Gon and it's cool to to see Force Ghost Qui-Gon in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you guys think? No, it was very it was you needed it. It was kind of like if they didn't do it, it might have been the biggest disappointment of the series thing, but yeah. Yeah, cuz people basically like after like Obi-Wan talking to Qui-Gon for like several episodes, I really feel like if this had happened, people would have got really upset. Which, it's their right not to put not to put Qui Gon yeah. in there if they didn't want to. Too. Right, and that's what I figured. I figured that he probably wasn't going to show up. I mean, I was hoping and hoping, yeah. you know, as I mentioned, but it finally they, they waited until the very the very, very end, last possible moment it could have happened. Yeah, but yeah, I was saying that I would watch an entire series that was just uh, like a like the like a karate kid, mm-hmm. uh, Obi Wan and Qui Gon 
training in the force where like Qui-Gon is uh, Miyagi and <laughs> Obi- Obi-Wan is uh, Daniel's son yeah. and there's it's just he's just teaching him uh, more of this stuff so he can be more powerful than Vader can ever imagine if he gets struck and down well I'm sure he t- that could be all with the next season is him teaching him about this ghost plane that they can exist on and and yet yeah. Vader had needed to find out Luke and Leia are actually alive and his kids. Like, yeah, they don't really I'm, cover when Vader knows this because he thinks they're dead. Yeah, and I, I think that's more just because Anakin's so powerful in the Force. He basically gets just like a, a free pass to the mm-hmm. the Force Ghost thing. Uh, but he atones. Did you guys by killing quote unquote Palpatine? Yeah, at least throwing did you guys a shoot. Yeah. Did you guys have any things that uh, like stood out from the series that you wanted to uh, kind of speak on as we, we wrap up this episode talking about the finale? You know, I thought it was really... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, I was going to say I'll let you go first. Okay. okay. So, as I, you know, as I mentioned... I was just so happy that the series exists, you know, that, it, that just, I'm so happy that it exists. And, you know, maybe I didn't love every choice that was made, but I still, you know, I was entertained. I thought that they did a very nice job bridging episodes three and four with it. And Ewan McGregor is such a great actor. So it was, I think that was just, you know, so great just to have, you know, a show that was just so focused on, on his character, even though there was a lot of other stuff going on and then just all the satisfying stuff that we've just been talking about you know that that uh you know Qui-Gon shows up and I and and that final battle with Vader was for me really satisfying it was just just I thought it was fantastic I agree that battle was what I wanted to happen yep not in like a prequel type battle where they're like doing all the flips and parkour moves the battles in general have been were great throughout this series. Um, Reva's story at the end it kind of had very little payoff, so kind of upset by that because it did kind of took away from it. Yeah. But at the same time, I loved this series. It was just so so good, so reaffirming to like after watching Book of Boba Fett and being like, wow, that one kind of let me down then this one came out and i was like screw that this was so much better and just the overall obi-wan story that we needed to hear and see we got it met my expectations and then some like i was so pumped when they were just like we're not going to talk about luke we're going to talk about leia now yeah like that was so like i wanted that was such a surprise yeah a happy surprise we know what happens with Luke. We've always we've seen what happens with Luke. What happens with Leia? And here we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then like myself, I really enjoyed it as well too. And then like I've always really been like a huge fan of the the prequel films too. Uh, so it's it's been f- fun to to see like Hayden back in the role as Anakin, uh, interacting with with uh, Hewan as obi-wan and especially like in the this last episode in episode five with like that whole flashback to them um seemingly just prior to the events of attack of the clones uh and seeing like their friendship and brotherhood together mm-hmm. again and just 
uh, just seeing like all like these allusions to both like the like the clone trooper we saw there in episode two of the series uh, and just like the general overall tone and I really want to I need to find a YouTube video now that's like a, a super cut of the Anakin Obi-Wan duels from Mustafar through to the uh, part three episode of this to part six episode mm-hmm. uh, they could even put in the that the flashback from episode five two here and then finally wrapping it up with the like a new hope stuff it would be cool to see that like edited together mm-hmm. in like in a really cool way but I would say overall I really in- enjoyed the series we're gonna do a kind of like a post series kind of analysis like full like wraparound thing in a, in a couple weeks mm-hmm. uh but yeah like i i liked moses ingram's uh portrayal of reva i i do wish uh reva had like a little bit more of like a meteor story that interconnected season two a little bit more yeah and or like her motivations sometimes made a little bit more sense like i really liked her and i thought she did a great job mm-hmm. uh but but yeah like like you're saying like and that just shows how good the show was too. There's very little things to, uh, to nitpick at or to find any kind of issue with at all. Uh, so I, I would say overall, I think this is one of my my favorite Star Wars uh, pieces of media. Uh, and overall, with TV shows, I think it's uh, for me just under the Clone Wars series, like, uh, but about. For me, it's above Mandalorian. Agree. Uh, so Agree. it's like, yeah, it's like right in between Mando and Clone Wars for me. Uh, but yeah, I am all for seeing more uh, Hayden as Anakin, more Ewan as Obi Wan, and uh, whatever whatever else they want to give us of Star Wars. I'm mm-hmm. just happy for Star Wars stuff to watch from from Lucasfilm. Yeah, hey, there's but, there's stuff they can do for a season two, like. Just little things, eggs to plant, to go into yeah. the original trilogy, so or a movie, a one-off movie, not even a season. Yeah. But yeah, we'll we'll see what happens uh, from there. I'm sure I will find something out one way or the other later this year at D23. But uh, that's gonna do it for our episode uh, covering part six of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. You guys can leave us a review on the podcast catcher of your choice, whether that's uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts. They let you leave reviews. Um, we're also available on Anchor and a bunch of other places. You can also find the show on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Holdopod. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube by searching for the Hold Maneuver Podcast. Uh, we're trying to get more subscribers there just so we can actually get a... Uh, personal or like a custom address that's actually like youtube.com slash holdapod so it's not like you know that long mm. random letters and numbers address so the more subscribers they get we'll actually be able to do that uh but individually you can follow us on instagram and twitter i'm at mark vibbert m-a-r-c-v-i-b-b-e-r-t uh mike you can just search my name michael soren last name not spelled how it sounds that's S-A-W-R-A-N. And usually there's an underscore following my name just because I wanted to be fancy. Uh, and then uh, Stanford? I'm at Stanford Clark. All one word. Yeah. Uh, we, we all make it very easy for you to find mm-hmm. us online. 
uh, as does our editor, uh, who you can also find on Instagram and Twitter. You can find him just by searching for Vactor, V-A-C-T-O-R. Leave him some messages to do better reviews. Yeah, yeah. Come on, man. Uh, you can email us at holdapod at gmail.com. And then, as always, we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. <laughs> oh, dear. Thank the makers.